I'm Daniel, and today I'm by myself because David's too busy hanging out with his girlfriend. But uh, today's guest is somebody I actually met, I think at this point, maybe like one and a half, if not almost, yeah, about like one and a half years ago at this point. But uh, welcome to the podcast, Andrew Grau. Did I mm -hmm. pronounce it correctly? Yep, Grau's correct, yeah. Okay, awesome, yeah. So, I mean, just, like, give us a bit of, like, you know, like like a short uh, bio about yourself. Sure, no problem. Uh, my name is Andrew Grau, like I, like, uh, like David so nice to say. Um, I prefer just being called Grau uh, straight off the bat. Um, that's kind of, like, uh, what I go as when I'm on stage, when I introduce myself to people, because it does the whole, hey, my name's Andrew, but everyone calls me Grau. Grau? Growl. And then by the time you say something three times, you got it. So it's like, uh, it's a little device I use to get remembered. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a musician, a bassist, and a uh, songwriter from upstate New York. Um, I'm from the Finger Lakes region. Um, if, if people do know where it is, I, that you can guess it's one of, I, I lived on one of the uh, seven Finger Lakes. So take a guess. Um, I went to school at SUNY Oneonta. That's why I know. That's actually how I, um, how I met Daniel. Because exactly. Yeah. Did a, yeah, we did a mixing board to management thing and I've been mm -hmm. in New York. Um, this is my 10th year being in New York. So I've been in a little bit longer. Um, after I went to school at Oneonta, I did my jazz masters at Queens College. Uh, mm -hmm. That's where I got a, got a master's. And then um, after that, I moved on into the realm of music industry where I worked um, as a contractor on behalf of YouTube to help launch the YouTube music app. And then um, after that uh, project um, was offshored, I had I moved over into the world of publishing. And so I've been working at the Royalty Network, which is an independent publishing company in New York. And I've been there for about three years. Uh, in addition to that, uh, I have been, um, up until the pandemic, uh, I was also an actively touring uh, bassist and session musician. I don't have as many I'd, I don't have as many records as I would have loved to have cut in the time and all the number of millions of groups I've played in over the years. But, um, you know, even actually as, as much as like this year seems to be better. I mean, I already got booked on um, a, a touring act that has some pretty, pretty hefty workload coming up. So I'm looking forward to getting back out there and playing this summer. So yeah, it's a little, that's a little bit of me. Nice, yeah. Because I remember seeing recently, kind of like on your uh, Facebook, um, that you're mm -hmm. that you're like gearing up to do shows with your own band, if I'm not mistaken, or or, or is that yes, yeah. that is, yeah, no, that's that's correct. Um, yeah, I'm uh, currently I'm in this group uh, called Common Kicks. Uh, it's a it's an indie rock band from Brooklyn area. Uh, you know, as with a lot of uh, as with a lot of bands uh, coming out of the pandemic, it's like, what do we do? Because, you know, I, I've, I haven't been with them that long. They they were kind of already around for a bit. And then I kind of came in because they, they had to kick out their other bassist. And then now it's like, okay, now that we have to go back, now that we can go back to clubs, what are we trying to do? What are we trying to see? Uh, we're really trying to get an album out because, you know, we've got 10 originals that we'd like to at least just have out there, whether or not, they're good whether or not it all makes sense it's like you know so better to have physical visual product uh we did have a gig last saturday or last friday at the bowery electric nice. um, which you know was fine it's a venue that i've had the opportunity to play at multiple times and it definitely is weird to do it in a pandemic where you can't really interact with anybody we also opted to not have a live audience because oh, honestly okay. like it was already it was already hard enough bringing people out to the Bowery if you're kind of a no-name. It's even worse during a pandemic when not everyone's vaccinated, not everyone's going to show up. Um, I, it was kind of unfortunate, I guess. I mean, there's also you know, hindsight 2020. It's like we could have probably done hybrid of both, but the cost of, I guess, like the cost of bringing in the video crew um, would have kind of negated our ticket sales and we also didn't know how busy it was going to be how the weather was going to be because mm -hmm. that's just you know that's for some reason we're in spring but it's still waking up every day in the 40s so it's like yeah. you can't really tell <laughs> you can't really count anything so you know there's there's like a lot of growing pains in that sense um you know and it, it sucks too because normally I don't show up to places and play without me getting paid because I've just been 
very fortunate enough that I, I, I command an okay price and yeah, of course. people know, oh, you can count on this guy, show up, get paid, go home. We're all happy. So it's, it's different to kind of be uh, in like the ground, the ground up part of a band that, that to me is something that I feel too old to do, <laughs> but it's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that brings up like a kind of, kind of like a good point of kind of like earning your stripes as a musician, I guess. And obviously, mm. I mean, you went to like jazz school, so I know like that, that mm -hmm. you're, that you're obviously kind of like on like a different level professionally and, you know, kind of like musically. So like, I mean, I guess, tell me a bit about your, your, you know, musical journey in the sense of like, you know, why do you start, uh, playing bass in the first place and what and what led mm. you towards kind of like doing this as like a full-time okay. sort of thing yeah, sorry um, about yeah that. so my no worries so my journey um you know I come from I come from a like a long line of like really frustrated musicians that just couldn't you know whether it was they they the circumstances just couldn't do it so or like they just didn't like they took other opportunities and didn't actually pursue music so like I was the one who was like oh I feel like there's something there for me um, let me figure out what it is. Uh, and I played piano and cello as a child, but you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wouldn't say like anything outrageous, but like, I really, I really wanted to do something in music. And then uh, when I was like 14 or 15, I worked a greasy spoon diner job washing dishes and I saved up a bunch of money and I bought my first bass and I just started taking lessons. And my teacher was like, Hey, I think something's here. So then I just, kept going and just uh like within i think within um yeah within three years of like picking up the electric bass i was playing upright and i was auditioning at music schools and i was you know just going with it i chose Oneonta because of the you know the music industry program obviously mm -hmm. but also uh you know the bass teacher there rich mullen who i believe still teaches there yeah really is just like a like, a, like just like an excellent musician and just like I learned so much from him and I talked to a former student who was like hey you should really go here and I did and I'm really glad I did because then from there I was able to work at the summer camp that used to run up at Odeonta I did all the sound uh oh. sound recording and, and stuff like that yeah yeah they, they they no longer exist which is sad but that's where I met my bass mentor who lives in New York City who you know, he met when I was like 19 I really didn't know what I was going to do with my life and he was like hey man you know you should come to the city like learn jazz, play, do this. Uh, and I saw him, you know, two summers back to back and we still keep in touch today. And then, nice. you know, he was one of the biggest reasons why I was able to kind of move down to the city. And then when I was in grad school, I like literally only cared about jazz and only played jazz and only did jazz until I was about a year out of school. And I really wasn't getting a lot of gigs or if I was, it was like mm, $50, you know, jazz gigs here and there. And then I had a friend uh, of mine that went to grad school that said, hey man, I'm starting a wedding company we need a bassist. Can you hop in on this? And I, nice. I remember he called me right after a gig that we had did for my own group. And he was a saxophone player. He called me at like 2 a.m. was like, hey, man, can you come to rehearsal tomorrow? I was like, sure thing. And then I've been in that wedding band ever since. So that's why I think it's my seventh season with them. And I literally, yeah. And from there, I had to relearn electric bass. And from that point on, basically that was like, well, I was 23 at that point I from then I just kept saying yes to everything because that was yeah. something I also realized I was like you know I also live in the city where there's a million bassists there's a million good bassists and there's a million better bassists and there's like better bassists that I know personally and would like <laughs> to this day still want to get like dinner with um and it's put me in so many weird rooms put me in so many weird situations but it's also been like oh cool so I did a record for somebody I did a tour with his uh, his producer liked me so much that I'm now that I still am with his thing that he does. And it's like this collective of Broadway singers that do these like crazy raves and <laughs> every time and we've done like Rocky Horror Picture Show, like nice. just live. I'm like, what? How do how did I fall into that? That's weird. I just because I just kept saying yes. When people said, hey, are you available? Kept saying yes. Hey, can you do this? Yeah, sure. No problem. I can definitely do this. And it's like, you know, I know, I know it's silly because I've been able to do so much gigging in my time in New York, like all around in tours and things, but I still like, I still sleep terribly when I have to turn down a gig. It's yeah. like, what if it turned into something cool? And the rule that I learned, and this is something that, you know, it's, it's silly, but it always happens. It's like every time I go out of town, no matter what time of year it is, no matter if it's in a pandemic or not, 
Every time I've gone out of town, I have to turn down the gig. And sure enough, in March, I went to Seattle for 10 days to just like hang out. And a dude who I hadn't played a gig with in like two or three years at this point was like, hey, ma'am, can you play a gig this Friday? And I was like, no, I can't. I'm in <laughs> Seattle. And, you know, it's, and I know he has a regular thing, too. And it sucks. I could have gotten in on a regular thing, but it's, you know. I mean, it's fine. Probably because of the pandemic, that probably probably went away really quickly, right? Whatever opportunity that could have been. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And uh, but you know, so it's. I mean, that's kind of like a loose because you know I could talk about myself till the cows come home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of like that was kind of like my musical journey, kind of getting into it, and uh, and just saying yes to everything has really opened every door for me. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So I think now would kind of be like a good time just to actually listen to kind of like one of your songs or like anything you've like you've like work on. So I guess I would assume that uh, would you want to kind of like um, do the uh, latest project that you've worked on? Sure. We actually we, that's that's the thing that sucks is like we don't have any we don't have anything out yet, which is oh, okay, really frustrating. Um, but I do have something I could share. This is actually, um, she actually left, uh, I'll actually share it in the, um, yeah, share it in the Zoom link. Um, she's this singer songwriter that I worked with pretty much up until the pandemic uh, last year. And I think she's now on the West Coast, but she still like plays and still writes. Her name is Clover. Her actual name is Clover. And the band is also called Clover. Oh, nice. And she's just this incredibly, incredibly talented singer songwriter. Uh, really soulful, very young person, but like she, she's a good energy and she's a really cool mm-hmm. person. And weird enough, I met her through her, um, her mom's boyfriend, who I used to play in his daughter's band when his daughter lived in the city and we did interesting together. So it's just one of those things where he reached out to me. Um, this was 2018 at this time. He said, Hey man, uh, like what's going on are you are you around I was like yeah I'm in New York he's like hey do you want to meet up with um you know my girlfriend's daughter she's a really great singer and uh, I think you guys had hit it off and like sure enough like a year later we were we basically played every so far that came into town she was like the so far poster child for Mitt and I was like this is ridiculous and like what how did I get involved in this like that yeah. I don't I'm not a so far person I mean for those of you that aren't watching I'm wearing a hockey jersey like I'm a it's like a, <laughs> like a upstate guy I don't know I don't I, I don't know how to be cool I can't wear cool hats like like Daniel can like I, I'm just like this you know nerdy dude but it's, yeah it's, I just keep getting in the right rooms with the right people so yeah I, I shared this love that's like something that I'm super duper proud of okay well. awesome well let's take the time to listen to it right now Boop. Sure. yeah so now is the time for Walking a tightrope, eyes blindfolded in the black of the night, boy. Got your hands gripping the rope, don't leave me no slack, boy. Hold it tight, boy. This So, hey guys, welcome back to this episode of Sounds Like NYC. And we just finished listening to one of the many acts um, Growl has uh, <laughs> has uh, worked with. And Clover is her name, correct? If I'm not yeah. mistaken. Clover and is the And this band song, name. Yeah. Um, I forgot its name, so sorry. Oh, This Love. This Love, yeah. So, yeah. were you kind of like um, in this... Yeah, so like, I'm, a, I'm an inspiring kind of like musician as well professional musician as well and Mm -hmm. i one day want to be able to do session stuff and things like that so like what was the experience kind of like recording bass for this song was it like you just like um just like recording it kind of like in in your like apartment or Mm. was it kind of like a very live thing where you know everybody was like kind of in the same room cutting Mm. the track together just like take me through the process sure so um, if y'all haven't already given uh, money uh, to, uh, to Daniel's campaign, I gave money and was very, very happy to. So, you know, got to help <laughs> other artists. Thank you very much. Because I did a Kickstarter back with my own stuff back in 2016. Oh. And every penny counts. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
And don't forget, uh, I think that whatever money you spend on it, you can write off in your taxes. That's something that's really important. Um, I'll be sure. I'll be sure to to remember that. <laughs> yeah. So the interesting thing with Clover is that most of the musicians that she works with, um, or at least the 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 ones that we recorded this track with, uh, went to Bard University. Oh. And when you are an alumni of Bard, you can have access to their state-of-the-art recording studio. Whoa, so, okay. um, cause the guitar player is really, is a, he's a very good producer and he's a very good guitar player in general. And he's like a very soundscapey sort of dude. And he has his own studio out in Jersey city. I think it's called the Diner Studios. Um, don't quote me on that, but I think it's Diner Studios. And he does an excellent job. Like he, he really did. I think he did all the recording and the mixing. So what we did was drove up to Bard and it was myself and the drummer who was a, it was another young man who just graduated from city college. Who's now in Montana. And we had Clover do, um, we had Clover kind of do like um, scratch vocals. Mm. We had the guitar player kind of lay, lay in scratch guitar work because everything is kind of based on, what vocals and guitar are doing mm -hmm. and the drummer and I just basically we did I think we did two songs that day it was we were in there for a while um we did a lot of takes which yeah. you know it's all the, the direction of the producer because it's like I've totally gone in and done things one take and it's great I've totally done things where I've been called out by the producer being like hey you got to redo that you really fucked it up but the nice thing is with Clover's group is that when I started rehearsing with them I specifically said, you know, as, as is my job as the basis, mm -hmm. do you have something in mind here? What, what do you want to hear? Like, I, like I can do whatever, if, if you want me to do whatever I want, I'm going to do whatever I want. And if you, and if you don't like it, you have to tell me. Luckily in the song, This Love, like every note I wrote myself basically. And it's really just a baseline, but I mean, even, even the, the choices of when I'm going to play a certain rhythm with the drums, when I'm gonna play a certain rhythm without the drums, where I'm putting the note on the bass, whether it's higher or lower, really was like artistic directions that I took with it. And also to kind of give a little bit of extra layer because at the end of the day, this is a, this is a four, four chord song. Without like the sax on it, without the keys, without the guitar, without all the vocal layering, it's really a simple, simple song. So my whole thing is like, okay, how can I really like, not only like play so that I'm not just bored out of my mind, but also like give it this sort of artistry that if someone who's really listening going, oh shit, they did, they're really doing something cool there. So that's where I approach this song. I don't always approach stuff like that all the time, mm -hmm. but especially with it comes to original music and someone says, play whatever you want. I'm like, okay, that's a, that's a good thing. Cause like, <laughs> I'm going to try to be tasty as possible. I mean, it's like, you know, in, in, in this world with, you know, like one of my one of my friends and colleagues is the bassist Adam Neely, and he oh yeah yeah and and he's he's a really good friend. Awesome um, name drop, by the way. I just it came out so smoothly. You just said it so nonchalantly, just like rolled off the tongue. Great, great stuff. <laughs> it's because he would be mad if I called him Neil Sauce. He doesn't like to be called that, but <laughs> Neely is a really good friend and colleague. And you know, mm. in a world where I know this dude personally, and he can just shred his face off. I'm like, man, like. I can, I can shred, but like, I don't, that's not, that's not even like how I want to play. Like I would rather play do, like really simple, but really effective. Yeah. And, you know, it's like as much as Thundercat is like one of my favorite bassists of all time. It's like, I've even like sat down and learned his shit. I'm like, I don't think I would ever organically want to just play half Dude, the things he plays. Yo, Sun Gazer. Oh my yep. God. It's like, how I mean, let's <laughs> we can let's just like go into yeah. like a whole tangent <laughs> about like Sun Gazer and stuff. And I'm looking forward to whenever um they they put out like like yep. you know more more like music. But like yeah, Adam is definitely built different. Yeah, he really <laughs> is. And you know, and that's and that's something too that like um that I learned more than anything during my time in New York and just in general. It's like hey man, you're going to meet a lot of amazing musicians, but there's only one you. And it's like, some people really, really like the way I play. Some people don't. And I have to learn, I had to learn that like, it's not necessarily a personal thing. Like some people don't like my personality, which I get, but some people just don't like the bass playing. That's fine. Some people love it. Some people love it like food and that's cool. Like the people that I know who really love the way I play bass and the way that I approach music, that's cool. And 
you know, just like, just like, I don't know if like Adam would get hired for like a revival, like soul band, but that's also, that's also something he might not care about. So it's like, yeah. you know, and it's playing intentionally is the most important thing I learned in the studio. It's like, um, when I did on, on my website, I have like all the albums I've been on and stuff. And I have like some bootlegs from the group I used to run. And my one friend that I went on tour with that I did, I did his EP. It was all electronic music. I, I don't even know why he had me in there. Like they did so much production. I, I mean, I, I could pick out where my bass lines were, but I was like, I really didn't do much. He pretty much wrote everything. It was fine. But, you know, even when I was in a situation where I didn't have to do anything except show up and play, I still played it very intentionally. And I made sure to ask the producer, hey, I'm going to take this and I'm going to do it this way because I think this might blend better. And he was like, that's great. I didn't think of that. And if he would have said, no, play it exactly the way it's written, you go, okay, that's fine. Like, however you want it to be done. It's like, but play it intentionally. And, you know, there's so many people that you will learn that you will meet in your life because you're still, you know, quite a young man, still quite, you know, young in the scene in New York. It's like, there's a lot of people that play music and there's a lot of people that play at music and you'll figure out pretty quickly who's playing music and who's playing at the music. Okay, wait, because, okay, that's my first time hearing anything like that. What do you mean when you say playing at music? So anybody can play guitar, anyone can play bass, anyone can play piano, and anyone can do like a pretty good job and like pretty much anybody can get a gig. I mean, I know things are a little different now, but you know, people who are really playing music, I mean, that just feels like, that just feels like it goes right right down deep inside. Um, one of the bassists who, whatever he's on, I'm just blown away is um, Pino Palladino. I mean, all the stuff yeah, he did with yeah, D'Angelo, yeah. <laughs> all the stuff he does with Questlove, I'm just like, that guy plays the bass. Mm -hmm. He doesn't play at the bass. Mm -hmm. And there are like, you know, I mean, I'm not, I don't, I don't think I can name drop people that suck because that's not very nice and I don't go <laughs> oh my god yeah getting on people but I have I have Punk rock bassist maybe yeah this is just like <laughs> <laughs> well I mean I remember there was a group I played and I will definitely not drop the name because yeah. I because even though I was released of my duties from this group um you know I don't harbor ill will and I also don't go around shitting on them because that's mm -hmm. also very unprofessional um but I remember in the rhythm section the guitar player uh, who I still keep in touch with, an excellent guitar player. I mean, he was actually probably one of the better, just like general guitar players that I've met and and played with. And he also was a pretty good singer. The drummer was a really excellent punk drummer, but nothing else. So he, uh -huh. it felt like for him, if he had to learn to play, you know, Take Me Home Tonight, he just, he would play at it. He wouldn't play it with the same deference as like, he would a Blink-182 song. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I also get it. Stylistically, he was raised on punk. He played punk. He used to tour, like he did the Vans Warped Tour with a bunch of bands. Like he gets it. He gets that side of it. But he was just playing at the drums on everything else and not playing the drums. And being able to like take, like remove like yourself from the situation of like, well, I'm this bassist. Be like, no, 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 but I'm playing the bass. That's like a huge, huge difference. And, you know, that's... Yeah. It's and, and you know what's funny? Rich mm -hmm. Mullen was the one who said that to me. He goes, don't play at the bass, play the bass. And I was like, I don't know what you mean, because I was 19. <laughs> he was like, a lot of my students, he's like, they just show up, they play at their bass and I give them an A and they go home. He's like, but you take the time and effort to actually spend it with your bass so you can play the bass so that you can show up and play the bass. And that's like a you know, that's a, that's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, another, another thing too, I highly recommend to, you know, any, any listeners who are, you know, either struggling or, or they're just they they need to figure out, you know, like what they want to do with their, with their instrument, with their voice. I definitely recommend um, still like always continually taking lessons because, you know, as much as I'd love to pretend I don't need to take lessons, it's like, no, I still need to take lessons. Cause at this point in my life, it's like a lot of teachers more or less give you sort of zen ideas sort of like centering ideas sort of like hey this is a lot more than just the actual plane of the bass this is the idea of the bass this is the this is what makes this flow through me and that's like an important thing to kind of center yourself um and I also i also i also always tell people as someone who struggled very much in in grad school at a jazz program um, I really wish that they would have taught me that it's okay to like 
listen to the bassist you like instead of listening to like the musicians they tell you to like because at the end of the day it's like I like certain things and I'm always going to sound better trying to play like them than I am somebody that I'm not really vibing to so it's like discovering your own voice through your own uh, you know, through your own likes and wants is is a really important thing. And that I spent a lot of my 20s figuring out. Yeah, okay, I see what you mean. I guess, um, I guess, um, I guess like playing an instrument and playing at an instrument would kind of fall into, into the same, I guess, like metaphysical idea of kind of like, you know, being, being a guitarist, being a drummer. And, mm-hmm. but, and then that, that, and then also, or or the difference between being and a guitarist, German, whatever, that and being a true musician in the sense of like, yeah. you know, understanding music on mm-hmm. a fundamental level, not just like through the uh, interface of your own, yeah. of your own instruments. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. That's yeah, exactly because it. how would you, because do you think learning how to kind of like play at your instrument involves reaching a certain level of like technicality or is it just like a a personal progress of you learning how to basically communicate the best way through your your like you know given instrument that's actually a really good question Thank um you. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very good question so I think that there is something that everybody has to go through and they kind of call, you know, musicians who practice a lot. Cause I remember in grad school, I practiced like five hours a day and I really needed to, because I really kind of came in, you know, kind of half cocked and I didn't really know what I was doing. I was kind of defensive of my own playing. Cause it's like, I got here by myself. And that was just a bad attitude to have. Um, so for, for me, it's like, I had to take a lot of licks and like really just like study the instrument and become comfortable with it. Cause that's something that you can't, you, that you can't replicate by just, by just doing, you have to spend the time to actually be comfortable with your instrument. And that's something that I kind of get, I, I, I'm not, not irked about, um, but something that does irk me a bit is when, you know, I'm out to see a, a something or another and someone who's not a musician or doesn't understand the craft of it will say, oh man, they just make it look so easy. I'm like, yeah, because they spent time on it. Like, I, like, do you think I wanted to spend five hours a day practicing upright bass? No, did I? Yeah. Am I, am I super comfortable playing upright bass? Yes, I am. And it's like, uh, even like electric bass, when I had to relearn electric bass, I literally was, the, the worst thing someone had ever said to me, they said, you sound like an upright bass player playing an electric bass. And I was like, excuse me? They're like, yeah, they're like, they were like, they're two different instruments. They're like, you don't sound like an electric bassist. You sound like an upright bassist. And I was like, that mother. But then I, I, then I would listen back to my own playing. And I was like, shit, man. I used, to, I used to literally listen on the way to the gig I was playing because it was a weekly thing that I had in this like little bar in Times Square. I would listen to last week's gig and be like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, how can I get better? Like, whatever. And I had to take a lot of serious licks, but then I just started getting more comfortable with like my bass, the sounds, what I wanted to sound like. I was listening to dudes. Um, that was when I went through my, in, my insanely heavy phase of like Derek Hodge and Robert Glasper, uh, like Thundercat, Flying Lotus. Uh, that was when I got super into MF Doom. And I used to, my practice used to be like warming up, getting my, my hands like accustomed to the bass and then I would just transcribe MF Doom like tracks because I was like this guy grooves so hard and he's using samples like how what am I doing wrong what am I how can I not even just like not even it's like there's so much that it's just like I just really had to listen I had to practice I had to learn um and you know I mean even to this day I don't even uh, I have a, I have a gig uh, in a few days. I'm, I'm actually playing a live show nice, for nice. people out at a college somewhere. And I'm like, that's so great. Um, even before I, I bother looking at the music that I have to like make sure I'm prepped for, I spend at least 20 minutes warming up because it's like, I just got to center myself. I got to get my comfortability back. I got to get my, my brain thinking the same way my hands were. And it took a long time for me to get there with electric and upright. And it's like, oh, it's funny too. Whenever I go on vacation, I don't, I almost never, unless I'm going to see my parents, I almost never ever bring an instrument with me because I'm like, I need to completely disconnect because it's like, you know, once the gears start turning, they don't stop and I'll get back and I'll start practicing. I'll start warming up and I'm like, yo, I'm out of practice. And it was a week. It was a week. 
But just getting to that sort of level of comfort means that you can play at your, you don't play at your instrument, you're playing your instrument. Because once you reach the level where you're so comfort, where you were so comfortable, where you can pick up your bass or pick up your instrument or even sing and just from all the years of like working on your fine motor skills, working on your vocal cords, working on even how your brain just approaches, this is how I'm supposed to play. That's when you can really start making music. That's when you can really start showing this is me, this is my voice. And I, you have to unfortunately play at your instrument a lot longer, it feels, than you playing your instrument. So I'm coming from the other side of that journey where I sucked it up for such a long time but now, like, even when I'm on, like, wedding gigs, it's like, I know this material so well. I'm so comfortable with everything I have to do. I'm playing stuff that's, like, stupidly ridiculous. But it sounds great because I'm like, yeah, I'm so comfortable. Like, I'm, like, in, in, like, we play We Are Family every gig. I don't think I play the original bass line except for the first chorus because I'm just like, I can just do whatever the hell I want because mm -hmm. I'm so comfortable. I know this song. I know this feel. I know this group. I know how it's going to work. And, you know, it's, man, practice. Practice makes perfect. Yep, yep, yeah. That's definitely a uh, a uh, lesson that I'm like learning and stuff like that. It's just like, cause for me, like the hardest part is just like getting that initial. I guess overcoming kind of like the like initial kind of like laziness or like procrastination mm -hmm. of like even like picking up your you know your your you know instrument. But mm -hmm. once you get into like the groove into into like the zone, yeah, yeah. everything becomes much easier. And I'm yeah. definitely think I'm in the process now of like getting getting like really comfortable at you know just like just like um. I guess, yeah, that sort of thing of like almost becoming one with mm -hmm. with the guitar or just being so in tune with yourself and your fine mortar skills. Cause I'm definitely at kind of like that, like sort of like point in my in my in my journey. So it's like really cool hearing kind of like this new perspective about like playing at your instrument and stuff like that. Cause I mm -hmm. think I'm definitely a far ways off from that. But I mean, yeah, obviously practice. I mean you know what Amen. it takes enjoy the journey because that's something that um that's something that nobody told me <laughs> it's silly to think of now but you know it's enjoy the journey because you know i definitely i definitely know i sound better i mean i definitely know i sound better than i did back in 2015 i sound better now than when i even had my own band and i was writing jazz tunes like i sound better now than i've ever sounded safe for like the one year where I was like constantly on tour. It's like, it's just, it's, it's just a part of growing up. And, um, you know, something that I, that I do tell people um, that, that say that they struggle with practicing or whatever. And I get it. Cause like during, um, during the first part of the pandemic, I literally was like in a constant anxious bubble where I was like, what's going to happen. Am I going to play again? What's going to, what, what am I going to do? Um, I would set aside for myself just 20 minutes a day just to warm up, not even practice anything, not even play anything. Just 20 minutes is just enough to kind of get your brain thinking in a different direction. And if it's 20 minutes of like really intense focus, like you can really kind of change like how you're like, if you want to move on or if you just like that 20 minutes was good enough for me, like right now to kind of get me out of wherever I am. Um, and then, I mean, now I'm at the point where um, my New Year's resolution was to get back into playing piano because I hadn't played piano with any regularity since grad school. And I was like, okay, three to five times a week, at least 20 minutes a day. And I've kept to that since January and it's felt good. And I can actually see in, and it's not even been um, six months. Yeah, it's only been four months. And I can like do all my scales like with, with ease. I went through one method book and now I'm just working on like playing songs and stuff. And it's like, it practice really does make perfect. And, you know, it's, 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 it might seem like an inconsequential amount of time, but I mean, even like, even like um, last Friday when I had a gig, I, you know, I kind of had to go right from work to the gig. I still warmed up for 20 minutes before I went to go play because I was like, man, if I like, if I show up to the gig and my brain isn't in the good headspace and my, my shit's not together, my, my stuff isn't warmed up and I'm not prepared, then I'm going to flub something and I'm going to feel shitty about it the rest of the night. Whereas instead, like I had a pretty good night and I actually like even played some really stupid shit that was like, that worked out great. Cause I'm like, I was warmed up. I felt good. 
Nice, nice. Yeah. yeah. Cause like for me, uh, I guess this, this is like sort of like a tangent, but like sure. Um, are you comfortable enough with the bass? And I guess if you you like you probably are, but for me, I get like a bit of like stage fright anytime I pick up kind of like a guitar that's like not mine. Like say that I go to like a music store, yeah, I have to find myself around the <laughs> instrument. I don't know if that's just just like a matter of fact of like not being comfortable, and that's something that you can like never overcome. Or like mm. have you like reached a a place? Have you reached kind of like a kind of like a nirvana where like any bass you any bass you pick up even even if it's not like specked out to mm-hmm. your like setup like can you like competently you know play it or or does like everybody still 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 have that like initial <laughs> kind of like shyness i don't know <laughs> so actually um that's fun that's funny you bring that up uh, electric bass almost no electric bass gives me a problem um unless it's because i mean i do i do regularly uh gig and tour with the six string as well as like practice on four strings stuff like that sort of stuff like most electric bases don't bother me unless they're like super duper heavy uh where i can't hang is other people's uprights i it's and i had a teacher in grad school he was my last teacher i was um an unbelievable bassist name's lonnie plaxico he was like one of the last bassists in the art blakey jazz messengers like he's he's like avant-garde soul extraordinary he's played with everybody i mean he's this guy this guy literally says he's like yeah i don't sleep anymore i just like i just like get two hours and I wake up i start practicing like he's he's really on some different shit and he was the first bass teacher that told me how to properly hold my instrument and then i was in my 20s and he was like this is how you hold your instrument i was like what he's like yeah this is how you hold your instrument he's like you literally need to feel the entire weight of your person into this instrument and you need to feel it against you as well you need to have this kind of symbiosis that if one of you pulls away the other one's gonna fall and he's like from there that's when you can bring your hands up and you can play and i'm like excuse me like completely blew my mind so um i had to i rented out my upright um to someone i'm not gonna drop the name because i don't want to i don't want to put him on blast but he accidentally dropped my upright bringing it back to me Luckily, not a problem because like he got it fixed. It was no problem, but he did bring me a loner because I had a gig in the meantime. And that loner, um, I remember the day before the gig and I've been, I've been practicing on it because I was like, I need to know where everything is. I need to feel comfortable. I was like, I don't know if I can do this gig. I mean, I did the gig and I did fine, but like by the end of that gig, I was like, man, I don't like this upright anymore. This is, feels awful. I hate this. And then Two weeks later, I had another gig with an upright. Luckily, mine had come back into my life. I played. It was. It was like nothing. It was. I was like. I was like. Oh, this is what my. This is what my baby feels like. This is my upright. So, I really don't jive with other people's uprights. Uh, but electrics, electrics for the most part aren't a problem. But, man, guitar especially, especially if you're um, if you're really into a certain type of neck or you're really into a certain a manufacturer like. I mean, as much of a lay person as I am when it comes to guitar, it's like when I play um, like a Telecaster, I'm like, this is great. I like this. Then I play a Strat. I'm like, I hate this. Or like play a Gibson. I'm like, I hate this. I don't, who, who made an SG? I hate this. This is awful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess like us, like, I don't know, electric musicians are kind of like spoiled, you know, <laughs> you know you know most of history within like the classical world like there was just like literally one design that you know everybody had to play or else or else that was it but like yeah definitely like you know bassists and definitely guitarists are like way too spoiled yeah 100 <laughs> percent but uh i mean so let's talk about kind of like uh um kind of like your life within New York City so like sure um I mean how do you think like like considering this past year of like social distancing quarantine whatever like how do you feel about the city um for as long as you've like lived in it up until now like what is your current I don't know psychology about the city Mm. so this was something that um, I still, I still kind of, I still kind of have in the back of my head. Um, I had a, a really good professor. Did you ever have any uh, classes with Dr. Markinson at all? No. Oh, so the class that I had with him, 
it was online actually so oh. i never had it in person yeah that's such a shame because dr markison um, dr stephen markison uh, not only is he an, an excellent educator probably one of my favorite teachers i've just worked with uh, also, shout out to Dr. Tim Newton. He's one of my favorite yeah. teachers, and I called Never him. Never had other a classroom either. Oh, Dr. <laughs> Newton. Dr. Newton is one of those guys that made me go. I love music because mm -hmm. he loves music. But um, Dr. Markison, um, you know, he he was a great teacher. He really liked me. He he really enjoyed that I cared about his classes and I wrote good papers and that like I really listened to everything he said. And I told him, I said, hey. I got into um, I got into Queens College. I'm really excited. I'm going to go to take a jazz program, and he said, "Good for you. Just be careful because New York City can really swallow you up." Mm -hmm. And that is something that is super true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I feel like this. There's this badge of uh, courage I'm going to wear post pandemic. Of I stayed here. I was able to make it work. Um, I still was able to gig a little bit during a pandemic and I'm out on the other side and at no point during the pandemic did I go I should probably move because I have a lot of a lot of friends and a lot of colleagues who left because they're like I'm not making money if there's no gigs why am I here Broadway's not here why am I here and I get it my situation I'm blessed enough I didn't have to but um, the drummer that uh, it plays in the Disney cover band that I that I tour with, okay, he, yeah. who who unfortunately struggled a little bit more um, when it came to just like gigs and like just you know work and stuff. Uh, he even it, he even said to me, he goes, "Fuck them. People that don't want to live here shouldn't live here." He's like, "This is like yes, this is an expensive city, but you know that getting into it, like this is a great this is a great place. And mm -hmm. if you don't like it when there's nothing to do, then you're not going to like. You shouldn't be able to get to enjoy the things like when shit comes back. And mm -hmm. and it's like I when I was you know living in Midtown." in Koreatown during the pandemic, that shit sucked. I was not a fan of my neighborhood. Yeah. But, you know, prior to it, it was great. Now I live in Brooklyn. Now I love, I love, 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 love the city again, like even more so. But at no point was I like, I want to leave because there's everything so available here. There's so much stuff to do. And there's just like the community and the people that I know here are just, I would, I would do anything for. And that's just something that I don't think I want to try to start over again. And you know, just New York has this vibe that is impossible to replicate anywhere. And no, like, yeah, I, definitely, I, yeah. And don't get me wrong. I definitely am not shitting on my friends and colleagues who will listen <laughs> to this and who did move because <laughs> everybody has a different thing. Like, I, I, have, a, I have a really good friend that, um, he, I mean, he's just, he's an excellent drummer. He just said, peace, I'm going to go to Austin. I want to have a family. That's probably No, man. that's respectable. Like, like yeah. That's, that's some, I'm glad that, that you, and also you had gigs to go do that. I don't, I unfortunately kind of put all of my eggs into the New York city basket when I moved <laughs> here by myself at 2022. 20, it's like, and I've luckily been able to do a good job of, of surviving and thriving, but man, like New York is just, it's just my favorite city in the world. And I've had the opportunity to see a lot of them. I still need to see a bunch of them, but you know, New York city is just, it's just the best. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, I mean, to be honest, I would be much more inclined to kind of like live here longer than I want to if like the winters weren't so t t um, harsh because like I do not like the cold at all. And like, yeah. I, I, and for me, New York City is definitely the best during like the spring and the summer because that's yeah. when you can like really kind of like take in all of the city without getting, mm -hmm. you know, um, frostbite. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a it's so funny you say it. it's like you know that's something that I, you know and i'm from upstate new york where we have winter a lot longer than new york city yeah and in new york city winters i'm like i don't like winter i yeah. am not a winter person <laughs> i also don't like epic summers i really hate how hot the summers get here but mm -hmm. it's like you know there's um <clears throat> there's something that like really impresses impressed me that that i got to that that something i kind of took for granted before as well Pre-pandemic, I used to be so busy all the time that I, or claimed I was so busy all the time, I, I never supported my friends as much as I would have liked or supported my colleagues as much as I would have liked. And to the point of whenever I'd show up at like a friend's gig, they'd be like, yo, I haven't seen you in a year. Where have you been? I was like, yeah, busy. And 
last Thursday, I was able to go see my friend who does um, acoustic sets uh, at like restaurants and bars and stuff. And she's, you know, just starting to get gigs back out there. And not only to see one of my closest friends perform, she nailed it, but to go out to a place to enjoy food, to enjoy music and to get drinks, like on a Thursday, man, that's like, places do that, but no place does that quite like New York. And just the quality of like musicians just everywhere is something that's super impressive. I mean, I, I think maybe maybe Nashville has that level of musicians everywhere. I think Austin has a lot of that as well. Um, certain parts of LA definitely, you know, Chicago definitely does. But I'm like, man, you can't get that outside of New York, really. And even even just the fact that like, I this is something that that my my partner makes fun of me all the time. But pre pre pandemic, every time we were in the train station. And someone had like a guitar bag or like a, a music a music instrument. She'd, she'd be like, hey, do you know this person? And I would look over <laughs> and go, hey, man, what's up? Because I knew everybody. Um, even, even during the pandemic, when I was going to Delaware to visit my folks, there was a guy who walked in with a guitar. And I was like, Matt, what's up, man? I haven't seen you. And it's just, even during pandemic, I know, it's like I know everybody. And it's like, you know, it's but that's just the community that you get with New York. And the longer you work in it, the longer you stay the more effects you're going to have. And, you know, from, from someone who's, you know, I wouldn't say I'm a, like a grizzled veteran, but I spend a lot of my time in the trenches. You know, you have a great attitude. Keep it up. Keep, keep doing your own thing. Keep, like, keep working at your music, at your craft. But definitely say yes to everything because that's like, I wouldn't have met half of the friends that I have in New York, like close friends, if I didn't just say yes and just want to play music and, and get to know people. And like, that's a, that's a really important thing that, that yeah. you're going to want to take advantage of. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I mean, yeah. Thank you for like so much knowledge and just like definitely kind of like a whole new perspective uh, you sure. know, through, through this conversation. Cause I'm definitely going to take, you know, all, all the little nuggets of, of knowledge <laughs> that you've imparted on me going into, you know, recording this uh, album or like EP. We'll see how much the budget allows us. But like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> thank you so much. If there's, is there like, like before, like before we uh, end the episode, I mean, is there like any kind of like last pieces of kind of like, uh, I don't know, pieces of wisdom that you want to impart on us or just like kind of like shout outs of like your friends or like projects or whatever that you want sure. to, you know, shout out? Sure. I will. I'll, I'll do it in three parts. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. The, uh, the key to success. And this is something that was also told to me in undergrad. And I have found this to be true, which is mm -hmm. why I've gotten success. Success is a three legged stool. If you take away one leg, the stool will fall down. So the three little little legs of the stool are show up on time always show up on time i was actually so happy when i popped on the zoom you were already there i was like this band knows to be on time always be on time <laughs> two don't suck if you're going to show up to a gig show up ready to play show up prepared and show up like that stage is lucky to have you on there no matter the stage no matter if it's a fucking hole in the wall bar that is only paying you in tips and drinks, like show up and play your best that you've ever played every single gig. And three, don't be an asshole. I think <laughs> really, like, there are very few people I know in New York that can get away with being late and kind of being an asshole because they're so good. And they've also, that's like their vibe, but that's like one person I know. Really nobody else can get away with it. And it's like, if you do those three things, that will get you so much further and that will get your foot in so many doors. And let me tell you, it has gotten my foot on, in so many doors with so many amazing people. And I can't even tell you how I've even had people come back and said, yeah, we had this other bass player. He was really kind of an asshole. You're a lot better to work with. Didn't say that I was- <laughs> There you go. Uh, didn't say I was a better bassist. Didn't say I was more on time. Just said, yeah, you're not an asshole. So that's a big thing. Um, shouting out. Oh, also, here's, uh, here's something I do want to shout out for everybody listening. This is something that like, it took me too long to learn, but this is something that will help you take care of your mental health. That is something that no one told me that nobody really, I felt like it was, it, I mean, it's still like a lot of stigma around it, but I'm telling you, the more, the more that I, that I go through this life, the more I'm glad that I, you know, go to therapy. I'm on meds that like really help my anxiety. And I'm like, not ashamed to talk about it because 
you know, some of my closest friends and colleagues are like, yeah, man, I've been on antidepressants for 10 years. I'm like, shit, really? They're like, yeah, like it's, you just need to address it. And so that is something that you absolutely need to take care of is your mental health, because that's going to help you so much further down the road. And it's like, especially after such a horrible time, like a pandemic, address that mental health. This is the year, get yourself the help that you need. And you know what, don't be afraid to ask for help either. And that's something I need to tell myself all the time. Um, and when it comes to shouting out, check out uh, the group that I currently do most of my like gigging and touring with. They're called the Little Mermen. It's a Disney cover band mm -hmm. and they kick ass. There's a ton of videos up on YouTube, but also you can check our Instagram page at the Little Mermen. Uh, you can also check my page at grow underscore music. That's where you kind of get uh, kept up with everything that's kind of going on. You get to, there's links to like common kicks and stuff, which I think we're going to try to branch out and do some like, some like bar gigs this summer to kind of like, you know, like putting a premium on the club stuff right now. It's like, mm, let's work on just like, you know, getting, getting, getting out there, playing more, being, doing it smartly. Um, and, you know, that's also where I do most of my like posting or whatever. Um, and then after that, man, I'm just, uh, just go penguins. You know, they, I want them to, <laughs> Want them to go to Stanley Cup again this year. So that's uh, that's all I got. Yeah. Awesome. Well, grow. I mean, yeah, thank you so much for, you know, coming on the podcast. And I'm so happy that we've had this time to kind of like reconnect, you know, yeah, after, um, you know, meeting up uh, back, what, 2000? It was the fall of 2019 because it yep. was my last semester up at like Onianta. Yeah. Well, I'm like, yeah, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so happy to see that you're like doing fine and kind of like yeah, thriving man. despite yeah, like, too. you know, this like whole wacky situation. Yeah, man. And I'm glad, I'm glad you're also in the city because it's like, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, I can't go anywhere else because like my whole family's here and stuff like that. So yeah. It's, like <laughs> it's just like, you know what? I, I get it, man. It's like, I'm glad that I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you have a, have a job that you seem to like. And it's like, man, just like keep working on that album. I really, uh, I'm really excited to hear the final product. I think it's yeah, I'm definitely, really excited definitely. to hear that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Of course, right. man. So, uh, hey guys, uh, thank you for watching this episode of Sounds Like NYC. Uh, see you in the next one. Yeah. And there we end. Yeah, dude, thank you so much again for, you know, coming cool. on. It was great. Well, thanks for having me.